Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Hoops Caviar. This is the sixth installment of your favorite, your favorite basketball podcast. I am your host, Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. There you can find all my, my, my work, my articles, um, the, the pages to our, to our Twitter account, Hoops Caviar, Chasing Barons, our other Celtics podcast. You can find all types of basketball and Celtics content there. And I am joined by my co-host, the one, the only, the amazing Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal, Dante, because we are back for another episode of Hoops Caviar, and we're about to talk some ball. We have a great, great rundown coming up. It's not going to be a lot, but it's just going to be a fun rundown like every other time. So I'm wicked hyped to be here. I know you're hyped to be here. I know the listeners are hyped to hear us talk all all this silly talk for like 35 (laughs) minutes. So we'll get down to it. We'll get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, we're going to talk about today. We're just going to give our our predictions on the NBA awards uh, and what we think, like who should win each award, the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man, and Coach of the Year. Uh, These awards will be announced. Probably pretty soon during the playoffs, they'll be announced. They did the media voting between July 11th and July 28th, so they actually just finished up voting a few days ago. These awards are also based off of players' performances through March 11th, which was the last day of the season before it was suspended. So none of these like were going based off of what we saw from players before the season was suspended and not what uh, we will see from them in these upcoming seeding slash regular season games. So... I'm excited to get into this. This will be a fun little topic, a fun little debate. See, I'm curious. I'm excited to hear what you have for your picks, Ryan. And, yeah, I'm ready to argue with you and and see who we have here. So I'm going to let you start, Ryan. We'll start with the most important award. Who do you think is going to win the MVP this year, and and why did you pick this player? All right. So my MVP is going to be – no other than the person I grew up hating the most just because he always had to beat my team except for the years that he wasn't beating us, but then left um, and went to a team of his own, LeBron James. I'm picking him because I honestly just feel like LeBron is the MVP. I talk about him all the time on here, even on our other podcast, Jason Banners. He comes up a lot, but LeBron is just obviously a standout player in the league every single year. But especially for this year, he's having career numbers and like having like, whoa, what it's showing stats wise is that he's having one of the best seasons of his career. But LeBron this season's putting up 25 a game. He is putting up 10.6 assists per game. He's putting up 7.9 rebounds per game, all while shooting. 57% from the field and from three-point range like he's never been like an unreal three-point shooter but he's shooting just about 35% and then honestly just the way he plays this is why so all season it's it's been the Lakers the Clippers and then the Bucks have been in there but consistently all year LeBron has been there he has just been one of the best players in the league with Giannis but after the death of Kobe, I saw him turn it up a little bit more. I saw him take on this new motivation. He had something go through him that just made him want to even win the championship more this year. So, 
honestly, just from what I've seen from him this year, I, I like there's nothing really different about him because he dominates every year. It's just like I can't I can't be like he did this new this year, he did that new this year. What I do notice though is that he's more of a uh floor general. So he he is taking on more of that point guard role now more than ever and distributing the ball more now more than ever, but at the same time he's still putting up numbers. So uh, without like just moving the ball around, he's still putting up great numbers. So LeBron for me is the MVP. I just feel like he's the best player in the league. I mean, obviously Giannis is there, but LeBron is just a different animal. He just he's just different. I appreciate your argument, Ryan, and you know it's gonna be that's gonna be the biggest debate between whether or not LeBron or my choice, Giannis Antetokounmpo, should win the MVP award. You're gonna have your arguments for both sides, but I'm gonna tell you why. Giannis deserves to become a back-to-back MVP. It's because of how dominant he's been all season long. He's led the Milwaukee Bucks to the best record in the entire league, and he, he's put them in a position to be serious, very serious title contenders. I mean, favorites in a lot of people's eyes. He's averaging in, in under 31 minutes a game, keep in mind. He's averaging 29.6 points, 13.7 rebounds, 5.8 assists, and a steal and a block a game. It's no knock on LeBron because he's having one of the best seasons that we've ever seen from a 35-year-old. It's like it's just that this season isn't anything new for LeBron. He's dominant every year, and he's posted like similar statistics each year. Um, his assist numbers have gone up, of course. You know, he's playing alongside Anthony Davis. He's getting older, so I mean, I, I mean, and this is something that I I figured that we'd see from him becoming more passive and kind of you know given the reins up to the superstar that he'd be playing alongside, which is Anthony Davis now. But his, his other stats, I mean, although he's become more passive, his points, rebounds, and field goal percentage have gone down. And I know he's playing with Anthony Davis, so, I mean, he has to share the ball with him. And, you know, Anthony Davis being a big man gets more rebounds and all that stuff. But he's not even the leading scorer rebounding on his own team. So it's like it's hard for me to give the MVP to someone that's, that you could argue is like, isn't leading his team in, you know, the major statistics. And another argument that I, I like to make, and I don't think people might not look at it this way, is if you take Giannis and LeBron off their teams, neither one would be number one in their conference. Like, I think that's, that's, uh, that's a given. Like, that, that the, Lakers, neither, the Lakers nor the Bucks would be the number one seed in their conference if LeBron or Giannis weren't on the team. But I'd make the argument that the Lakers would still be a better team than the Bucks because the, the Lakers have Anthony Davis. The Bucks' second best player is Chris Middleton. And as great as Chris Middleton is, he isn't going to be a guy that can be the number one option on a team. He's a great, he's a great number two. I mean, he's proven right now that he is a solid number two option on a title contending team. Like, there's just no doubt about that. I just think if you argue against that, it's like, okay, what do you think about Anthony Davis then? Because he's a top five player in the NBA. Like, he's a, like you can argue that he's, you know, may, maybe not like top six, top seven, but I think he's a top five player. And in that sense take them off their teams. I think the Lakers would be the better team. Uh, the Bucks wouldn't be as good without Giannis. So I just think the Greek freak deserves it. But, you know, LeBron, LeBron's main focus isn't regular season awards. It's what's most important. That's winning a championship. So I don't think this is something that LeBron really would lose sleep over, whether or not he wins or not. And this is kind of – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my next award because it's kind of segueing into segueing into that this award. So defensive player of the year, I'm giving it to Giannis and Giannis is on pace to doing, he has the opportunity to do something that only Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon have done. And that's winning both the MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season. 
Uh, he'll be going up against Anthony Davis, who I just talked about for defensive play of the year. And, you know, probably Rudy Gobert is going to be up there too. He has a strong case for him. Um, but look, Giannis, this is why he deserves it. He leads the entire league in individual defensive rating, which is 96.5, which is just insane. He leads the league in defensive field goal percentage, which is 36.1, and defensive field goal percentage in the restricted area, which is 51.7%. So not only is he like one of the best perimeter on-ball defenders, but he's also one of the best rim protectors in the league. And he's also the, the only non-center in the NBA to be top 10 in both defensive and total rebound percentage. I mentioned that he averages 13.7 rebounds a game. I mean, when you're as big as Giannis is, and you control him as much as he does. I mean, that's, doesn't, that really shouldn't be too shocking a statistic. But also, besides the individual stats, the, the Bucks they have the best defensive rating in the entire NBA, and that's three points higher than the next best team. And, you know, they hold their opponents to 41.2% shooting from the field, and that's the lowest shooting percentage in the league. I just think the way Mike Budenholzer has this team set up on defense, the defensive scheme is just remarkable. And it's allowed the Bucks to you know, not only be the best defensive team in the NBA, but it's also helped Giannis be recognized as one of the best defenders in the NBA. And that's why I'm giving Giannis this award. I just think he is just so dominant on both ends of the court. And I think he's just he's in line to have one of those legendary seasons that we've only seen twice before. See, my personal favorite and choice would be Marcus Smart. Of course. That's of course. just that's all biased, by the way. <laughs> just because I love Marcus Smart so much. What do you so mean? What, what do you mean? You bias? Where's the bias? I yeah, exactly. There is no bias. It's just he's <laughs> the clear cut best defender in human civilization of all time. But um, <laughs> but the clear cut answer here is I can't even disagree with you on this. Is Giannis, and for all the reasons you put out there, it's just that's why. I mean, even if you watch him play, it's pretty impossible to get around him in he's a great rim protector so good luck even trying to score at the rim with him I mean even trying to dunk on him too I mean there's only a few people that can do that and one of them being Jalen Brown um (laughs) but um defensive wise he's unstoppable you won't be able to get around him and again for everything that you said Dante I'm not going to repeat it because you said everything but that those are the reasons why it's just clear as day yeah, I came in locked and loaded with the statistics there because I feel like the argument for MVP is more there. I feel like when it comes to defensive play in there, not you, I'm just saying like in general. Yeah. yeah. Like people don't understand. Like people are saying Giannis defensive play of the year. And I've seen so many people like why? Because he's long, because he because he's this size, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, like the statistics back it up. Like this guy is just an absolute monster on defense, just like he is on offense. And it's like, you know, he deserves to have that recognition as being one of the best offenders. And that's why I, you know, I really make the case that he deserves that award as well. So we'll go into the next one. Most improved player, uh, Ryan, who do you have winning most improved player this year? So a lot of people wouldn't have this guy as most improved player, but I get to watch this guy all the time. And he's taken a lot of heat. Even since he's really entered the league, it's kind of been nonstop. Like, he's never really been given a chance. He's always been, you know, that guy to be picked on. But some people will say Ingram. Some people will say Tatum. Some people will probably put another name out there. But one guy that I really noticed made a huge jump from last year to this year is Jalen Brown. Last year, he was averaging 13 a game. Obviously, he had to compete with 
Jason Tatum being a, uh, one of the ball-dominant guys, especially Kyrie Irving. We all know how that went. And just the mess of his season it was, there was really no consistency anywhere. So he was averaging 13 a game. This year it went up to 20 a game. Uh, for steals this last year, he was just over under one steal per game. This year he's over just one steal per game. He's averaging just over two assists per game, where last year he's averaging just – about 1.4 assists per game. And then also his field, his field goal percentage did go up. It went up almost a full 3%. He went up from 52% last year to 55% this year. And from the field, from, from three, I'm sorry, from three, he's also improved in that. He went from 34% last year to 38% this year. And just not even looking at stats, if you watch this guy play, his – decision-making, his handles, and just everything he does, even with the fadeaway shot that we're seeing that is coming to play now. He has improved on everything he has done. And even as a leader, last year, he was still one of the young guys, so it's not like he had a major voice on the team, even though I don't think that really makes a difference. But this year, he has just become a full-on leader for this team. And I know leadership isn't a part of the most important player category but in my opinion that's one of the reasons why he's improved so much he's just become a way more mature player and just everything he's done this year it's just in my opinion I think he's improved the most I know that Ingram was averaging like 25 a game but Jalen as being like the second and you could even put as the third option as a scorer he's averaging over 20 a game when last year he's averaging only 13, that's a big jump. So I just, I just think the most improved should go to him. He's matured a lot. He's shown it, and he deserves it. It's so hard for me to argue with you, Ryan, because, I mean, obviously me and you being Celtics fans, we get to watch Jalen Brown play on a nightly basis and alongside someone else who is going to be considered in the most improved player category, Jason Tatum, which they both deserve to. There's so many guys that could be in this category here. Like you got – Devontae Graham on the Hornets, Brandon Ingram, Tatum Brown, like I just mentioned. My pick, as much as I want to say Jalen Brown, my pick is Bam Adebayo on the Miami Heat. Mm. And I believe it goes to him because Adebayo emerged. He came, like, out of nowhere. Like, if you're a Miami Heat fan, maybe you saw it coming. I know I didn't. He's emerged as one of the best young players, one of the best big men in the league, just out of nowhere. I mean, besides his field goal percentage, which uh, all of his – excuse me besides his field goal percentage all of his statistics increased by a large margin and the only reason why his field goal percentage went down which only was by a percent it's because he's shooting five more shots a game i mean he's just becoming more uh involved in the miami heat offense he's he's their starting big man he became an all-star this year uh for the first time he averaged 16 points 10 and a half rebounds over five assists and also averaged over a steal and a block a game he shot 57% from the field. So he shot 58% last year, shot 57% from the field this year. There is virtually nothing he really can't do. The only thing is he really can't shoot three-pointers. But he's young. It's only his third year in the NBA. That will come. Um, and, you know, the, the reason why I'd argue against Jalen Brown or even, like, someone like Jason Tatum or even Brandon Ingram, who, who might honestly be the second, he might, he, he might win it this year. Like, all those guys I mentioned, like, have a good chance of winning it. It's just like you kind of expected those guys to have great seasons because like 
Tatum and Brown, like with Kyrie leaving, like everyone kind of was waiting for Tatum to make the jump, and he did. Brown coming off the bad year, like being benched and all that, like you were hoping that he'd come out and have a strong year, and he did. And Brand Ingram getting traded from Los Angeles, not being with LeBron anymore, being on his own team. Well, not his own team, but with Zion being out for as long as he was, he really was like, you know, leading the charge on offense, averaged almost 25 points a game. I kind of expected that to happen. Bam Adebayo, like I said, came out of nowhere. And I just think he's on a contending team in the East and he's shown how valuable he is to his team. And just, he's such a, he has such a bright future in Miami. And I just think this was his breakout year and he's the one that deserves to win this award. I think that's a very good pick. I'm a big fan of Bam. I'm a big guy. Like, I'm a big fan of Bam as well. Obviously, it, it, it'll, it'll probably never happen, at least in the foreseeable future, because, you know, cap reasons, he's tied to my annual contract-wise. But if the Celtics ever got their hands on him, like somehow got rid of, you know, they probably would have to let Hayward go or do a sign-and-trade type of thing there. But if they got someone like Bam out of bio on the Celtics, bro, he would be an absolute game-changer. Like, he'd be the most ideal big man for that team. Just does everything that – would fit into the system so well. Would do everything that's asked of him. He can pass. He can score. He can shoot high percentage around the rim. It's just that three-point shot is his only real weakness. But obviously, that that will come. So that's my pick. Uh, I could I could see him and De'Aaron teaming up. I'm a big De'Aaron Fox fan. Okay. And they okay. also played with each other in college, and they also do have a very close relationship. So I mean, like wherever Bam goes, I think one of his options would go would be to go and play with De'Aaron. I like that. I, li- I would like that combination. I think that would be pretty yeah. cool. So the next award that we have up is the Rookie of the Year. And I'll just start off by saying this. I mean, I don't know what your pick is, but this vote should be a landslide. Um, I'm going with John Morant. If you argue that Zion Williams should win the Rookie of the Year award over Ja, I think you're either a fanboy of Zion Williamson or you're just caught up looking at stats for a guy that's only played 19 career games. Yep. Not even eligible to win it this year. Like he, I mean, he's probably going to get, I don't know if he's like officially not officially eligible, but like he shouldn't be eligible in just 19 games. Like John Moran's the clear runaway favorite to win this award. Cause not only did he put the league on notice in one year, but he's put the Grizzlies on the map and he put them in position where they can make the playoffs. Like right now they're the eighth seed. They're going to have a rookie. As a rookie, and they're going to have these seeding games, and we'll see what happens then. But they're in a very, very, very good position to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, would they lose to the Lakers or whoever would be the one seed, most likely the Lakers? Yeah, it would probably be a sweep or win in five games. Most likely a sweep. But he's bringing them to the playoffs as a rookie. And in 59 games, John Moran averaged 17.5 points, nearly seven assists, three and a half rebounds. Under a steal a game, he shot 49% from the field and 37% from three. He is someone that I, I, I speak so highly of him, and I think he is, his potential is just enormous. Like He is yeah. just going to be an unstoppable player for so long. The sky's the limit for him. Um, he's ready to take the league by storm, and he already did. And I, I mentioned this. We just did a podcast right before this with our old buddy Ty Miller, and I said it, and I'm going to keep saying it. I think he's going to be on the verge of being a top five point guard by the next season. Like I think that highly of him. Like I think after next season, he is going to be in the same sentence. He is going to be considered to be in the same tier as some pretty elite point guards in the NBA. And it's going to be like that for a long time. So John Moran is my rookie of the year. Ryan, uh, I don't know what your pick is, but I really hope – I just hope it's not Zion. <laughs> no, well, you can't – again, you can't go with a guy that's only played 19 games. Like – 
That's couple years, yeah, a, a couple of years ago, not even a couple, a few um, seasons ago, Joel Embiid was put in the same position. He had only played about 25 games up until that point because he was just coming back from the injury. So this is really where the process began. Um, and he lost rookie of the year to Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, do you remember that, Dante? Yeah, I do remember All that. Right, so the reason why Joel Embiid was the better player, but the reason why Malcolm Brogdon won it over him was because obviously Embiid only played about 25 games. Brogdon had like a whole season under his belt. So you can't give it to a guy that's only played that many games. It's very tough to. But I'm on the same page with you. One of my favorite players throughout the entire league right now is John Morant. And I've been thinking this all season that he was going to win rookie of the year. I just did. I think John Morant, the same with you. I think his upside is incredible. I, it's like, it, you, you know, like you'll see guys coming out of college and you'll be like, yeah, I think he'll be good. And then they'll flop. And then you'll see a guy and you think you're like, oh, he'll be bad. And then they turn out good. And then you look at John Morant and like, you know what he is going to be like. There's no doubt about it. Like what? I, that's what I'm trying to say. Like you look at a guy and you think he's going to be good, but he's not. There is no doubt about what John Morant is going to be. And there's no doubt about what he deserves this year. He does deserve rookie of the year. He absolutely put the Memphis Grizzlies on the map. They weren't even supposed to be close to where they are right now. They were supposed to be a joke in the league. Young players, they're trying to build up around Triple J and John Morant. And look what happened. He carries them to the eighth seed. And I think he's going to be able to solidify that eighth seed for them and get them into the playoffs. No, I don't think they can go on a big run, but the fact that he did that in his first year, won Rookie of the Year, was able to prevent the Grizzlies from being a joke and bring him to the playoffs. Yeah, give him the Rookie of the Year. He is clear. It's it's clear as day that he was the best rookie. And you know there is uh, like a guy like Kendrick Nung who played very well this year. He is not to the level that John Morant's at. Zion Williamson again. He didn't play enough games, but. Even then, I'd st- I think I'd still give it to Jaw, just because I think Jaw overall has a better play style, better game. He's just an overall better player. Zion's a big boy; he's hard to stop. But Jaw Morant, man, he is going to be scary for years to come, and that's why I think he should win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and side note, I mean, like, listen, if Zion Williams had played more than 19 games, he played like the same amount as Jaw Morant, 59 games and he was playing the same exact way he did during those 19 games, the rookie of there would be given to Zion Williamson. I mean, and, and considering the Pelicans, if Zion Williamson was healthy all year long and he was on the Pelicans, they probably would be a playoff team. They may have even been higher seeded than the Grizzlies. Like, that, that is something I truly believe. It just didn't happen. John Morant has been playing all year long. Zion Williamson has not. The hype around him, too, just Zion with his, him coming back and putting up the numbers he did, like, it's a little too much. He doesn't deserve the award. Didn't play enough. So that's they're, where that is. The experts are probably so mad they can't give it to Zion. They're like, <laughs> they'll try to come up with any way to like to give a reason why he should win it. But they're, they're there's all no, crying in a corner. They're, right there's now. no. They're all mad. Exactly. Exactly. Because Zion Williamson is going to be sucked on by the media for his entire career kind of yes. like how LeBron's been but you know what yes. that's another story whatever so next I, year, I love John Morant though Dante no, John Morant, uh, he's one of my favorite players I love I, that guy he is just if he had if he dunked he's a cold over, killer man he's a killer if he dunked over Kevin Love where he had that dunk where he almost dunked over him that would have been I'm not even kidding that could have been one of the best dunks of all time 
Think of how iconic that dunk is, and it's a miss. It's a miss, exactly. <laughs> like he, exactly, people like always show that picture of him on him and all that shit. It's like a, that's like one of those like the best dunks that didn't that didn't like that it missed. Like the best, one of the best miss dunks ever. Like he's super athletic. He can catch a body. He can shoot. Has the playmaking ability. He has everything. He has everything. Yep. So, he's my everything. He is Ryan Sheehan's everything, John Murray. So the next award we have is the Sixth Man of the Year Award. Ryan, I'll let you uh, I'll let you take take control here. Who do you have winning Sixth Man? I have my boy. Actually, not my boy, but I do have Dennis Schroeder winning the award this year. Ooh. And I'm going to real quick. I did have his numbers up, but they just kind of like went off my phone. All right, I'm back. Yeah. So <laughs> this is why I'm having him as Sixth Man of the Year. Coming off the bench, he is averaging 19 points per game. He is averaging 4.1 assists per game. He is averaging rebounds, I mean, for a guard, almost four rebounds per game. From the field, he's shooting 51%. And from three, he's shooting about 38%. And his impact off the bench has been pretty incredible for a team that we thought was going to be fighting for the number one overall pick, Dante. Mm-hmm. But with the loss, you know, of Russell Westbrook leaving, with Paul George leaving, and, you know, not really a lot of certainty in OKC. You just have uh, a young buck coming up in Gilgis Alexander. Then you have an old vet coming along the way who doesn't – we really didn't even know want to be there in Chris Paul. And now Dennis Schroeder was doing his part coming off the bench and creating some impact for this OKC team. So he is my sixth man of the year. A lot of people might say Lou Will, but Lou Will this year, his impact kind of like leveled out with the additions of Paul George and Kawhi. And Dennis Schroeder really showed something. And I, it was just, I think he was a better sixth man than Lou, and it shows it in his numbers too. So I'm going to give it to Dennis Schroeder. You know what? It's funny you say you, you bring up Dennis Schroeder here because I – 100% agree with you. Dennis Schroeder is also my choice. What is win. wrong with you? Don't agree with me. Bro, listen, listen. It's just so – you got you got your Lou Williams. You got your Montrez Harrells. And even your Derrick Roses, who honestly you can make Yeah, a, that was a, a good argument. argument. Yeah, You can make a, a fair argument. argument for Derrick Rose too. I'm going with Dennis Schroeder because of the fact that, listen, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, everything that you mentioned, they were just from the very beginning – no one thought that they'd be in the position they are now. They are currently, I believe, the sixth seed in the Western Conference, and they're not too far off from becoming the third seed. Like, they could make a little run, or the third seed, the Nuggets, could go on a little skid, and the, the Thunder could sneak in there or, go, or take over four or five. The Thunder are a team that everyone really slept on. I mean, but, like, at the same time, it's like, what expectations would you have had for them? Like, considering yeah. they just straight away two of their – two of the best players in the NBA for just draft picks, a young guy in Shai Gilgis Alexander and a point guard that didn't even want to be there at the beginning of the year. But Dennis Schroeder has solidified his role in the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's more than capable. He's, he's been a starting point guard in the league. He's on the Atlanta Hawks. who's a starting point guard, but he makes most of his role coming off the bench uh, for Chris Paul. Like you said, averages 19 points, four assists, almost four rebounds, shoots 47% from the field and 38% from three. He's, he is one of the biggest reasons, one of the most important reasons why the Oklahoma City Thunder surprised so many people because he just, like, accepted his role. He just thrived in it, and he was like, you know what? Like, it's okay that I'm not going to be the starter. I can still come off the bench and make 
just as much of an impact if I could as a starter. And like I said, you'll have your arguments for Lou Will, Montrez Harrell. I mean, one of the best teams in the NBA and that's fine, but it's just like, you know, the numbers that they put up, you kind of expect them to put up the numbers that, that they do off the bench. I mean, Lou Williams is one of the best six men of all time. Like, he puts up those numbers on a year-by-year basis, and that's what you expect from him. But Schroeder's always kind of been floating around between being a starter and a six-man for a few years, and the Thunder owe a good amount of their success to him, so that's why I'm giving him the award. And I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that as well. Uh, oh, real? could I just say yeah, something real quick? go ahead. So just to bring it up, since we're Celtics fans, Marcus Smart was going to be the six-man for the Celtics, correct? Mm-hmm. Would you, if he was the six-man all year, do you believe he would have been in the in that conversation if he was a six man throughout the year i think he would have been in the conversation i don't think he would have been you know i don't think he would have won it but i think he would have been a a top consideration but obviously with the celtics injuries and stuff he had to start a lot of games this year so that kind of took away uh from his chance of becoming winning that award so yeah no i agree with you there he definitely could have had an argument but unfortunately the celtics had so many injuries and marcus smart starts uh more games than we i mean not saying more games that we'd want him to but more games that we'd expect him to for the celtics kind of piggybacking off that award dennis schroeder coach of the year i'm giving it to the okc uh, thunder coach billy donovan I believe he deserves to be the coach of the year award because of where the Thunder are now compared to they were projected to be. Um, Donovan Mitchell coached the Thunder to the fifth. Uh, there are the sixth seed or hold on a second. They actually might be the fifth seed. I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep throwing numbers around and being wrong. They're the fifth seed or the you're, sixth. Seed. You're wrong. When are you ever wrong? Right, right. No, everything <laughs> I say is everything I say is facts, right? And I've never, I've never lied. I've never made a mistake in my life. The, the Oklahoma Center. Okay. The Oklahoma State Thunder are the fifth seed, but they're tied for the Rockets for the sixth seed. So they, I think they might have a, a tie break or whatever, but they're technically the fifth seed, but they're tied for the fifth and sixth seed. He, the Thunder are currently the fifth seed, but they were given a 0% 2% chance to make the playoffs back in October by ESPN. After trading away Russell Westbrook, Paul George, there was just no hope that this team was going to make the playoffs. That they were going to make any noise. Like unless you were a, an absolute diehard Thunder fan and just like that you like have all the bi- like just so biased towards them, no one was saying that the Thunder were going to be as good as they were. You, you just didn't. Like no one thought it. Chris Paul went from wanting a trade and potentially not playing for the Thunder, like holding it, like holding out, sitting out unless he got traded, to becoming an All Star. And he's, he's most likely going to make an all-NBA team this year. Billy Donovan made the best of the worst situation possible where you trade away both your star players for uh, a veteran, an old veteran point guard, a ton of draft picks, and young talent. And the Thunder shocked everyone this season, and Billy Donovan deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean, you can make your argument Chris Paul you know, deserves – maybe he does some people. I remember someone said to me, Chris Paul deserves more credit than Billy Donovan. And you know what? You can make the argument. Chris Paul – one of the best leaders in the NBA, one of the best point guards still at, at his old age. Not old, but, you know, not – he's definitely not – Not, not young player. anymore. Not young. Definitely more old than young. Um, but, you know It what? happens it, to the best of us. Ha- you know what? It's going to happen to all of us. <laughs> you know, Billy Donovan was just given just like an awful deck of cards, and he turned it into a royal flush or the closest thing to it. So I think that – the Thunder are going to be a very tough first-round matchup for whoever has to play them. I don't know how much how much noise they can, they can make. Um, but Billy Donovan deserves the coach of the year, in my opinion. So, Ryan, who do, you, who do you have for your coach of the year? I absolutely love that pick, honestly. Like, I wish I picked Billy Donovan. But my pick 
is the coach of the Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse. Now, they won a championship last year as, as uh, Nick Nurse's first year as the head coach. Of course, they did have Kawhi come along, which was a big help. And um, Kawhi showing that anywhere he goes is an automatic contender. So there's that. But Nick Nurse, honestly, I honestly did not expect the Raptors to be as good as they are this year. You know, with Siakam and Lowry, uh, they've been playing pretty stellar for them. I mean, they really lost no – they haven't really gone back at all. They didn't really lose anything. I mean, they've been playing very, very well. They went 46-18 and 18 on the year before everything shut down. And now going into the bubble, they're still looking pretty good. So that's who I have as coach of the year. I think he's a great coach. I mean, obviously, again, you have really no star player on Toronto if you look at that team. I mean, there's Siakam, who you really bunch around with Simmons and Tatum when you do the rankings and a lot of other good players. And then you have Kyle Lowry, who I think is one of the most disrespected players in the league. And he's, he does show up. Kyle Lowry does show up. But he is not your average star. So there's really no clear-cut star on that team, except for Siakam would be the guy. And other than that, that's why. I just, I just think the, the job he's done with the team and with the loss of one of the best players in the league is, um, is sensational. So, yeah, that's my pick for Coach of the Year. Yeah, and you know what? Nick Nurse, uh, not to confuse people, I believe Donovan should win it this year, but I think Nick Nurse is going to be the one that ultimately wins it. Um, just because Nick Nurse, you know, the Raptors win the championship. They lose the finals MVP. They lose their best player, who some people argue Kawhi Leonard's the best player in Raptors history because of that one one season season and what he did, which, I mean, you can make that's a very fair argument because that's the only championship they've ever won and everything behind it, the entire situation, sure. Um, But Nick Nurse basically took the same exact team, minus Kawhi Leonard, um, they got Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, Siakam, OG Anu- Anubi, Anubi, I don't know. <laughs> OG, they got OG. They got the OG, OG there. On Sergi Baca, Marcus Saul, uh, solid bench players. And they're the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Like, I mean, I thought they would still be a team that would be in the playoffs. Like, I'm not like trying to like – the seed. I didn't have exactly. them this high when the I'm not started. trying to like pat myself on the back and say like, oh, I expected them to be like so good. Like, I expected them to be all right. I didn't expect them to be 46 and 18 good. I didn't expect them to be like – I expect them to be like a 40-win team. Like, I expect them to be around like fourth, fifth seed, like floating around there and then, you know – maybe win a first round matchup and make it to the second round and see what happens. But bro, they, 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 they surprised a lot of people. They really did. A lot of people thought they'd be worse than what they were, you know, taking a step back, losing one of the best players in the world or the best player in the world at the time, you could argue in Kawhi Leonard and Nick nurse just absolutely just took what he had and still took that team to be the second seed in the Eastern conference finals. And one of the teams that could upset the Milwaukee bucks in the playoffs um, so that says a lot about Nick Nurse, and I, I, if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't pick Billy Donovan, I would pick Nick Nurse. Like those are my top two coaches of the year this year. I believe Donovan should win it, but like I said, I do believe that Nick Nurse is probably going to be the one that ends up that ends up coming home with the award because, um, you know, higher seeding, Raptors being more of a contender than the, the Thunder, but you can you can make good arguments for both of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 
we really – I mean, Ryan, for two guys that really agree with each other on a lot of things, we did pretty well on this because we, we agreed with each other on a few of them, but not all of them. So that's good for us. We had something to actually argue about. Yes, we did have something to argue about. I'm arguing back on someone right now on Twitter about my Jalen Brown for most improved take. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's going. Go. There we go. That's what we have going on right now. So that's really all we had planned for this episode. We just wanted to kind of give our opinions on who we think should win the award. We want to kind of get this out there before they announce the winners. That might be in a few weeks, but who knows? We just wanted to get that out there. We wanted to make an episode where we just talk about this. But Today is July 30th. Currently, right now, as we speak, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Utah Jazz are playing in the very first game of the NBA restart. The Utah Jazz are up 23 uh, to 21. Before we close this out, Ryan, let's give our prediction on who we think is going to win these games tonight. I'll start because I'm a betting man, and I, I am a big sports better. I made my parlays. I already have my parlays set up. I have the Pelicans winning, and I have the Lakers winning tonight against the Clippers. The Clippers are going to be without Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, and most likely Pat Beverly. He was at shoot-around, but he did not take part in shoot-around. He was just there. As I'm talking right now, J.J. Redick just got an and one. The game is tied up, and the Pelicans have a chance to take the lead. So, Ryan, Pelicans, Jazz, who do you have winning tonight? I have the, the game's tied right now. I have the Pelicans winning tonight. I just think they're going to have a pretty good start. And there's a little bit of something going on there in Utah between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Just yeah, they're, they're trying to downplay it, but I think there's something more behind yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, honestly, when COVID happened, uh, there was a lot of reports coming out that Rudy Gobert was very careless. And mm-hmm. a lot of players didn't take that lightly and weren't fans of it. So, you know, I think there's a lot more going on than what we think. I know it was just of COVID, but even before that, there was stuff coming out saying that there there wasn't a great relationship in the locker room between the two. So, uh, and then also with the Lakers Clippers, you know what? You know what, Dante? No, I'm Watch going with the Lake. I'm going uh, with the Lakers. <laughs> I was going to say, listen, man, I got my <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm going straight up with the Lakers. I just think they're going to outplay them. I think LeBron's going to come out hot, too. He's just he's – a. you do not want to give LeBron any motivation, and he has legit all the motivation in the world right now. So just wait until the postseason. I mean, I don't even know how he's going to play out these eight games. Like, But postseason, whoo, 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 watch out. He's going to be a man on a mission. I mean, he posted on Instagram today. A, a picture where he had the uh, wash the finger the <laughs> finger uh, wrap on where it's like for Kobe Bryant and it was like basically implying that he's doing it for him. Uh, but Kawhi Leonard too. I mean, well, Lakers Clippers. I think the Lakers are going to win it. But Kawhi Leonard had honestly not that great of a scrimmage run. Obviously, there's scrimmages you can it's whatever. But he didn't really do that well. He shot. On July 28th, so two days ago, or three days ago. Oh, no, two days ago. He had 17 points, but shot six for 22, three for 13 from three. Um, and he really didn't he, – he's looked rusty for most of the preseason. So we'll see how he comes out tonight. Paul George kind of came out hot their first game. So we'll see what happens there. I think the Lakers will win it. I just think, you know, LeBron's just more motivated than anyone else. He's ready to – take the Lakers to winning another championship, unfortunately, but you know, that's, that's my prediction to win it all this year. That's just what's going to happen. So 
but yeah, that's, that's what we have for today. I am super excited that the NBA is officially back tonight. First, first regular season games of the year. Then we're going to be back every day. There's going to be like five or six games, which is great to watch. Bay is um, back. Terrible. So happy my Bay came Terrible back. for degenerates like me, but could also be a good thing if my bets start to hit. Uh, so everyone, uh, my new motto going forward with, when it comes to sports betting is parlay and pray. Uh, make your parlay <laughs> and then and then just pray. Just just pray that it works out. So thank you guys for listening. We're happy to be here. We're happy to actually be talking about NBA basketball moving forward, actual games. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. There you can find everything that I post, every all Celtics, all NBA content, um, my my blog, my articles. I'm currently working on a website so I can kind of put everything together in one. So that's in the works right now, but sooner or later that'll be there. You can follow us. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Hoops Caviar there. You can obviously find all the podcasts for Hoops Caviar. You can find all the episodes there. You can also follow our other podcast, Chasing Banners, as our Celtics podcast where we talk about all things Boston Celtics. We usually record that on Sundays or Mondays, depending on what, what we're doing. You can follow us on Twitter at Chasing Banners to find all the episodes there. And Ryan, um, tell, tell these beautiful people where they can find you on social media. Well, beautiful people, you can follow, find me at 401shan on Twitter. I post everything there, you know, the Chasing Banners, the Hoops Caviar, my own personal Shein's World podcast. I also have an Instagram for that podcast, which is called Shein's World Pod. It's very easy to find. It's just like got a clover in the middle of it with the earth in the background, you know, Shein's World. So there's that. Uh, I do not have a website like Dante does because I'm just not as cool as him. <laughs> so that's in the works to be as cool as hey, Dante. Hey, if, if having a but, website is what it means to be cool, I would have come out with a website that years ago. No, it, see the thing with Dante is he's, he's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got to say. I, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Sheen's Sheen will be, Sheen just is always here to hype me up. That's yeah. Why I'm only here for the hype. That's why we're I'm like, yeah, I'm wingman. If there's any ladies out there, Dante is single. <laughs> i'm not gonna argue with you there That's, well maybe maybe we'll have a uh, maybe we'll have like a blind uh love is blind episode something like that <laughs> one of these days we'll see what yes. happens but uh thank you guys so much for listening this was episode six of hoops caviar we'll be back again for episode seven um a week or two from now and then we'll be out coming out with chasing banners soon in a few days so follow along for that but thank you guys for listening much love and Basketball's back, baby. So everyone, everyone should the be and up. The National Back Association. The National Back Association is back. Yeah, because we're just back. Yeah, I, I <laughs> suck right. at jokes. Yeah, uh, all yeah, right. See you guys. We'll, we'll end it there. See you guys. <laughs>